Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast. My name is Angela Gennari, and I am sitting here with Ramana Hassanarl. How are you, Ramana? I'm fine, thank you, and thank you so much for having me. Yes, ma'am. So you are all the way from, is it Austria? It's Austria, Salzburg, Austria, the very famous um, city of the sound of music. Oh, that's so wonderful. I'm sure it's absolutely beautiful there. I've never been, but I would love to go. So that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And um, I know the time difference and everything else. So I will be very mindful of that. So I want to introduce Ramana to our audience. So Ramana has overcome so many life-changing situations, but two of them might help people on their own way. In 2003, she had a bad accident in skydiving, and in 2012, she lost her job in the media industry at the age of 44. With this, she not only lost her job, but her long-term dream job. After one year of struggling, Ramana lost everything else, partner, friends, confidence, security. By the end of 2013, she did not know how to pay her rent. She then founded her own company as an astrological coach and got back on her feet, since 2015, Ramana has published eight books. Three are off to get published until the end of 2022 and 2023. She offers writing workshops for people who want to overcome the fear of getting started with their first book. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm super excited to talk to you today. I'm excited too. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So tell me about the accident and what led to, so you were skydiving and you had a very bad accident. So tell me about that. Yeah, I'm, I loved skydiving. So I, yeah. I did uh, over 400 jumps. Wow. And uh, that was really my sport. Yeah. And yeah, as most skydiving accidents, that was a, a pilot's mistake, as we call it. Mm. And um, the way the situation wasn't well. So altogether, we should have been more aware of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, my parachute collapsed wow. and I like hit ground from a height. You might um, say it's as if jumping from a rooftop. Wow. Yeah. And that was um, really uh, awful. <laughs> yeah, I broke I my spine then, and uh, that was hurtful too. And of course, in this situation, you are scared, right? Um, right. I felt it that it some something has broken there, and then in in the moment you think of a wheelchair, never walk again, all this mm -hmm. stuff, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, it was the first time in my life, and I was in my mid thirties uh, then. I realized that um, we don't live forever, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our, our body is very um, destroyable, if you might call it this, yeah. this way, vulnerable. And um, it then came to um, like years of, of, of self-development and thinking more about um, how precious life is. Yeah, because absolutely. Because it can be over tomorrow, so... And that's what I what I can tell my clients nowadays if they are very like uh, 
you know, a, a bed with themselves. They push mm. themselves so hard and don't get time off. And I say, hey, it can be over tomorrow. Don't yeah. do that to you. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. That's so important. Yeah. Yeah, I think we don't do enough of that, of just taking care of ourselves and mm. enjoying the moment and being happy in the moment. I think we are so rushed for the next goal, the next thing, the next task, and we don't stop and appreciate where we are and just enjoy life. So, yes, yeah, so it's, it's really good advice. So you uh, had this horrible accident, and I'm sure the recovery after that was excru excruciatingly painful. And led to you also, did that lead to you losing your job in the media industry or was it something else? No, that, that didn't. But um, as I got more and more aware of um, which person I am, which person I want to be, yeah, um, it, it led to like what I call a personality changing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I got more aware of, um, first of all, we, we have to... Um, live as a community help each other support each other mm -hmm. um so in in my job that's not very usual um i worked for a tv company the biggest one in austria mm -hmm. and that is a an industry where it's pretty tough and everybody just looks for himself yeah and uh yeah we got a new uh, a new boss and uh he wanted to like cut down our our salaries you say mm. And um, we had a meeting and, yeah, I spoke for all of us, but I was the only one speaking. Oh, no. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't you get said that. <laughs> what everyone was thinking, but you're the one who had to take the fall. Oh, no. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. Yeah. In that moment, I felt great. Yeah. I really felt um, now I'm fully me. Right. Yeah. Yes. And and strong and powerful and good. And then I, I went on a vacation. And when I came back, I had that letter in my post box, which said, hey, we don't want you anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> and that was after 17 years. That was wow. quite a, a shock for me. Yeah, I imagine. Wow. Yeah. You know, that is tough because, you know, when you stand up to somebody and you say what's on your mind, you know, and, and this is why I've been an entrepreneur for most of my life, because I've had a few corporate jobs. I'm just not good at being an employee um, because I will tell people how I feel. And uh, I remember in my early 20s, I had been working for a media company, a television company doing advertising sales. And I had this boss who was a very kind of male chauvinist kind of he's just a jerk <laughs> so, <laughs> like mine <laughs> and so we were going on a, an appointment that I had set you know I had set us an appointment and and you know he he basically had this mentality of well I need to go with you because you know kind of that you're not competent to do this on your own even though I'm the one who got the appointment and so as we're walking in he's like you just sit there and I'll do all the talking you just sit and look pretty and I was like and I tried really hard and I couldn't hold it back, but I told him to go F himself. <laughs> so I lost my job that day too. 
<laughs> but it felt great because it needed to be said. <laughs> so I work for myself now because I, I don't have to. <laughs> I don't have to tolerate people talking down to me because I'm with you. I'm with you. You have to stand in your power and you have to, you know, you have to say uh, the things that are meaningful to you. Right. So it, it matters. And it. And it hurts your own ability to stand up in your own power if you don't take those opportunities and you let somebody take that from you. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Good for you. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. So, you know, and everything leads to something better is what I believe, right? Mm-hmm. So then you you lost that job and you went through a really tough time, right? You yeah. went through about a year of just, you've lost everything else. Yeah. The, the, the thing that. was stopped. I'm... Um, I didn't know that with 44, you are very old for the media industry. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought, okay, tomorrow I go get a new job. Wonderful. Yeah. And I, wow, I hit rock bottom. Wow. <laughs> um, there was no chance of getting a job in that industry. And as I've been in that industry for uh, over 17 years, you, you, you get so qualified in that field, right? What else should you do? I mean, ages ago I had studied, okay, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, that was ages ago. And so um, after four months of um, like looking for a job, I thought, no, I I have to like work for myself. I get self-employed and try my best. So what else can I do? I had a, a certificate at this time already for an astrological coaching. Okay. And I'm an astrologer. So I did a three years um, academy and um, mm-hmm. I loved it, but I always thought that is my hobby, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah, then I founded that. And of course, I have no clients. Where should they come from? Nobody right. knew me. So, <laughs> right. so that, um, that was tough. And um, it led to the loss of many friendships because people turned away. Um, I was desperate. People don't like it when you're desperate, right? Mm -hmm. And I I think that just the best friends stayed. And that's so precious and important now Mm -hmm. to have that best friends from these times. Yeah, I agree. And um, yeah, Um, after after a year of really struggling hard, I started writing my first book because I thought, okay, I've got no money, but I've got time. Yeah. I'm a time millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I like that phrase. <laughs> so I started writing the first book and I was awfully lucky because um, I've been writing a lot for newspapers before just for a hobby as well. Okay. But um, I didn't know how to write a book. And so I, I, I signed in for a course and that was a, a four weeks course for writing non-fictional books. And he coached us so well that after sending 12 emails with my first chapter, I got two publishers interested in my book. Wow. That's amazing. That right? is amazing. You know, yeah. Wow. And one of them got me under contract and I stayed with them for four books altogether. Very cool. So that was really amazing. And of course, that helped a lot to get back that self-confidence and that, wow, I can do something 
brilliant, wonderful, amazing, not everybody's doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that because you took, you know, what was a very painful time and you turned it into a new opportunity. And I think that's the best, the best things come out of those dark times, right? So those dark times that you're going through and you're like, okay, what, what can I bring to the world? You know, what gift can I have? that I can share with other people. And that's where you really try to, that's where you really figure out your true purpose. Absolutely. And I'd never, never, ever before would I have thought of writing a book. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I did, but that that was a long time ago. Um, and now I saw, okay, I have that gift. Mm. I, I have that starting mentality. I, I know how to stick with uh, things, to like be passionate, stay passionate. Yeah, and from that, um, then I I realized that so many people struggle with exactly this topic. Mm-hmm. So I know many people who want to write a book, or who love writing and say I'd love to like make money with writing, but um, I, I I'm too shy. I don't dare to do that. Right. So I give them support and and show them how to mm-hmm. how to get started, how to meet the right people, how to to create your self-marketing you need that yeah absolutely so what steps would you tell people how to get started because that's I think something that a lot of people have this idea of I'd love to write a book I'd love to write a novel I'd love to write an autobiography and I don't even know how to start what advice would you give them um I created a seven steps program. So I, okay. I think I, I won't go in all seven steps because sure. that would take 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yeah. First of all, um, what I always r- recommend is visit, for example, my webinar or a, a webinar of a writer you like. Let them like tell you, let them get your passion glowing, right? Yeah. So for the beginning, because then then you overcome that first shyness to even say, yes, I will mm. write the book. Mm-hmm. And this is the next step. Then what I always uh, want my, my students to do is for the first step, the very first step, create a book cover. Ah. Take a pair of scissors, a magazine, like create it this way, yeah. or you do it in, in Photoshop or Canva or whatever. Create it with your name on it, your mm. name and the title. And then you print it and you put it on your fridge. And every morning you get up and get your breakfast, you see your first book already there. Oh, I and love that idea. Yeah, it's This is like a vision board, right? Yeah. Vision yeah. boarding has the same effect. Yeah. This is like a beacon where mm-hmm. you can sail to. I mean, yeah. you shouldn't do that in real life with your boat, but in this case, you sail directly onto the beacon. <laughs> I love that because I'm a big believer in manifesting and, you know, creating vision boards and putting everything. I'm a visual person. And so mm-hmm. I can have an idea in my head and I have to write it down because I need to, you know, put that in writing so I can see it. You know, I'm a visual person. So I think that's a really great way to get started. And then it, it's a constant reminder of what you're trying to do. It is. And then the next part is really before you even start your first word, mm. you get the structure in it. Yeah. So what I normally do when when I do my books, right? I first of all put together what do I know already. 
Mm-hmm. Write it down. Bum, 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 bum. And then uh, I write down what do I not know. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's non-fictional, of course. And write that down and get some experts and ask them. And then put together the first chapters. Okay. So, so you get a structure. I even work with roadmaps with my students. Let them paint a roadmap where they say, okay, I start writing in May. And I want to be finished, I don't know, at Christmas. Mm-hmm. So what has to happen on that way to Christmas? When? So then um, they like promise themselves to to do that monthly goals. Mm-hmm. And only I think that it only works with real good structure. Um, otherwise, you like lose the... The, the lines, right? You, you think, ah, tomorrow maybe I write or not. Blah, blah, blah. So true. That is so true because I do this all the time. I'll write a to-do list and the to-do list just continues to get longer and longer and longer because I have another list of deadlines and that's what gets accomplished, right? Is when I put a date on it, that gets done. But if it's a to-do list, it just grows and grows and grows and grows infinitely. <laughs> so, but yes, deadlines, I think are much more, it gives you accountability for your goals. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I tend to, I tend to work better with deadlines than to-do lists. So yeah. I love that because you're creating structure and, and that structure helps to guide you because that way you don't feel so lost. Yes. And in that in that seven steps, I include steps for every type of person because mm. we are different, right? Yes. That's I, I know that of course from the astrological side, but um uh, even if you do not do astrology, you have different types of persons. Once if if you just give them structure, they get under pressure. Yeah. Others, if you um uh if you tell them be creative, they get under pressure mm-hmm. because what creative? Oh my god! <laughs> so you have to put in something for everyone. Yeah. Um, for example, for the fire persons, what I call them, um, they need they need to celebrate, mm-hmm. and this is important to like yeah. celebrate your first chapter, mm-hmm. celebrate that you've done you you, you accomplished what you planned to do. And and give yourself some self some treats and good things, yeah. um, or a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> All right, that's fantastic. So so as people are putting together their first book and they're taking that initial step, um, what advice would you tell somebody who just feels like they are just stuck in what to write? You know, people talk about writer's block and they talk about, you know, I don't know the next step to take. And, you know, what if I just am not being creative that day? day what would you tell them get out of here yeah that's what I said yeah yeah <laughs> um it's very important because every writer has that and mm-hmm. sometimes it lasts over weeks which is really annoying you sit yeah. there and it doesn't it doesn't want to come uh-huh. so first thing is um you can change between computer and take a pen mm-hmm. for example add it's okay. a pencil that's a pen. Okay. <laughs> so, because this triggers different areas in your brain. Oh, wow. And that's why we should once in a while write per hand, even mm. though we are in a very computerish uh, time. Right. But once in a while, you should write per hand, especially when you have that, those block, mm-hmm. uh, writing block. 
because it like changes your 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 brain function. And the other thing is get out into nature. Oh, that's great. Um, before riding, five minutes, hug a tree, like walk mm-hmm. barefoot, whatever suits you best. But um, first of all, we have all the oxygen out there. I mean, mm-hmm. not if you live in Singapore, I think, but <laughs> right. so let's, let's think we're living on, on the countryside. Yes. <laughs> you get out, you, you do a walk at least for 10 minutes, breathe in, breathe out, and then it's again a brain thing, right? You get enough oxygen to get new ideas, your body gets yeah. relaxed, or, and you get more positive. And the third uh, thing is if someone's really heavily stuck, like in the middle of a book and the deadline's like getting closer and closer. Um, I really recommend to write somewhere else. Mm. For example, at, when I wrote my first book, um, I, I, I really I didn't know all that stuff then. So I had promised my publisher um, about 150 pages. And I did them um, on the computer, on a Word document, of course. So I had to like um, think of how much is what in the smaller uh, book size. Oh, right. And I completely mixed it up. So when I delivered, um, I had just written 100 pages. Mm. And he wrote back, okay, listen, this is not enough. We just did the layout that doesn't work like this. And you have one more month to go. And I was freaking out, of yeah. course. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I really thought, what can I do? What can I do? Because I know myself when I get that stressed out. And so I really took some money I didn't have. I have to yeah. And uh, I, I flew to Li- Lisbon, to Portugal, mm-hmm. because I always wanted to visit that city. And I thought maybe there is the solution waiting for myself. Mm-hmm. And I got there and I wrote those 50 pages in a week and the wow. thing was done. So sometimes stuff like that really helps. Yeah. Just being inspired, change of scenery. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So what inspires you when you when you're out and about, when you're writing? What inspires you? Mm, for my novels, uh, that sounds strange. I have to drive. <laughs> Oh, really? Drive. <laughs> Interesting. Drive. Not train, no plane. I have to drive, right? So I have a very old um, uh, Volkswagen camper van. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, those vintage cars. Yeah. And I, I, I like travel through Europe um, four to five months per year. Wow. And in these thousands and thousands of miles, I get the ideas for the novels. It really beautiful. like keeps floating. Yeah. So I I don't know what I I would do without writing. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Mm. I love it. You know, Americans were really bad at that. So <laughs> we're really bad at taking time and decompressing and you know taking time off of work and exploring. So I think we we look to our European friends for that that inspiration. <laughs> I mean, I have to admit that um, when I'm traveling, I still work nor- normally because the the biggest part of my income is not the book sales. Okay. As the German uh, market is a very tiny one, you know, mm-hmm. we're not very many people. Um. So, but I started, um, or I got hired as a freelancer from. 
very big company um, who do um, search engine optimization. Oh, interesting. So okay. I write texts for other big companies. Like, yeah. I don't know what, whatever they sell, I write yeah. for them. Okay. So um, I can do that when I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. And this is very, very, yeah, it's, it suits my lifestyle. So I always tell the clients, okay, I'm off and away now for eight weeks, nine weeks, 12 weeks. And please stay relaxed. I won't answer your mails within a day because I'm sometimes in regions where we you don't have internet at all. Um, but I'm there. Mm-hmm. I'm writing. Don't worry. I'm yeah. there. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. <laughs> Yeah, we're so um, we're such a on demand kind of culture that it's really hard. Like, you know, just turning on Do Not Disturb to do a podcast is like, you know, an hour of uh oh, what if there's somebody trying to reach me and they freak out if they can't reach me in an hour? <laughs> you know? Oh my god! <laughs> I love I love the idea that I can tell somebody I might get back with you in a few days. They would they would lose their mind. <laughs> Oh, I love it though. I want I want that power one day. <laughs> um, so tell me, uh, you know, and we were talking a little bit about this, and this might be, you know, the path too. But um, you know, as women, we give away our power all the time. And, you know, we we often just either shy away from taking credit or I feel like we let people take our power away from us, you know, and how they critique us and we don't stand up for ourselves. So tell me about a time that you, that somebody took your power away or that you gave your power away. And then tell me about another time that you've stepped into your power. And what was the difference between those two situations? I think I I very often gave my power away when working uh, for the TV company Mm. because, um, you know, di- directors are very strange persons. I never met one who was like straightforward and what I call normal. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, sorry if some directors are listening. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so they, they, they like freak out because one camera is not on the right position and this and this and this. So mm. then you, you always get yelled at as a director's assistant, mm. which I was for some time. You get yelled at and yelled at, and you don't get it within the moment, but you get tinier and tinier with every situation like this. Yeah. Because this is not what I call normal between grown-ups to yell mm-hmm. to each other, right? Yeah. And then you have that male-female position uh, you've been talking about yeah. before. So um, I, I really know how it feels when you feel small and you lose your confidence and you, um, what I think is is the most um, strange thing, you don't know where to go to with that pressure. Mm-hmm. Because most of my colleagues were men, of course, and they said, yeah, yell back or whatever. But they, they don't know how it is if, Especially um, in my age, I have a very yelling father as well. So yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that is a real. Um, I think that is a very big problem for many women. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's so a that, trauma response. It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I think that was when I was weakest, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I think I really stepped up 
at first, not in my life, but in that uh, uh, time when working for the company, when I told that boss, hey, you, you cannot cut us down to mm -hmm. how, how should we make our living? And I told him, we are not students anymore. No one of us lives back home at mommy and daddy's. Right. So like this. And that that's what, what felt strong. And um, I think we all have faces where we are better in this straightforward and weaker. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very important to feel where am I at the moment? Yeah. And what can I say then? So I think now um, that I've been self-employed for 10 years and I know my clients very well, mm -hmm. even though when new ones are coming in, um, I know very, very clearly how how to tell them where my borders, my boundaries, uh, what yeah, boundaries. the right where boundaries yes, are. Boundaries. And so and sometimes, of course, I, I get stressed as well because it's too much work. But mm. I know now how to say, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's so important possible. too. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, we, we try to please everybody so often that we, we, we do it at the expense of ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think, um, I think you're absolutely right where, you know, when, when sometimes we have dominating people in our lives as women, we tend to kind of pull back and, you know, it's, it's threatening and it's intimidating. And I think that's what I wish more people would recognize that when you're yelling at people who, you know, you're supposed to be leading, you're not leading them. Right. So um, I think some of the worst managers and leaders are the ones who have to make everybody else feel small around them. And um, in order to feel powerful, and it's, it really, it comes from a place of insecurity when they're doing that. Right. And, and so that really is, I see that so often. And I think it's getting better as we, as we move on, but the, the prior generations, when there were fewer women in the workforce, um, I think you saw a lot more of it. And now women are standing up a little bit more into that and saying, you know, no, this is not acceptable, but for a long time, that was acceptable. Yeah. So yeah. very unfortunate. So tell me why astrology. So, and, and I say this because I love astrology and my mother is very spiritual. And so, and so I, I follow quite a bit of it, but what, what led you down that path? And does it make you more intuitive when you're writing? Um, why astrology? I have to admit, I studied politics, so I'm a very, oh, um, I was a non-spiritual, very science, science person, tech yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I had, before my, my um, huge accident, I had um, a series of like smaller accidents in different situations in my life, okay. meaning... Um, riding motorbike or like just walking or so five accidents in a row mm. within one and a half years and I like broke my arm very bad so wow. all stuff which was not too easy to handle so I then thought um because I was that person then yeah we have to fix that <laughs> I can so I went to a psychotherapist and mm -hmm. said maybe there are some issues you know I don't know, I'm self-destroying person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, she, she started laughing. She found that very funny. We had a long talk and then uh, she thought, why 
why don't you look at it from an astrological site? So I didn't know that she hmm. was an astrologer too, but just for hobby. Yeah. And I thought, this lady is completely crazy. <laughs> I mean, how can you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she said, nah, there, there is like a, a lady. Um, I know her. She's good. And she's like talking on an afternoon for two hours. Well, one of these welcome sessions. Why don't you go there and listen? And I went there and she was talking about fire person, which is Aries, Leo and uh, Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and thought, oh, my God, she's talking about me. I <laughs> cannot believe it. That mm -hmm. was wow. So I booked the session with her. And I was one of those uh, least wanted clients, I think, because, <laughs> because I sat there like this and said nothing. Like, just, mm -hmm. yeah, tell me, tell me, tell me. But she told me um, how it came to these accidents and what I should be aware of. And I was blown away. Mm. So on this afternoon, I decided that I want to do that uh, academy. She founded an academy in Austria with the help of one very famous Swiss astrologer who has his school there in, in Zurich. And um, yeah, I went there for three years and really got all the knowledge you want to have about astrology, cool. individual astrology. Yeah. And yeah, then I thought, yeah, that's cool now. Let's do that for friends. And yeah. um, now I'm there and doing it as my job next to writing. And I love it. And mm -hmm. I I have to admit, when it comes to fictional writing, it helps a lot because I have other words for describing a person, a personality. Oh, interesting. Okay. That is very interesting. Helps me a lot. And for the non-fictional writing, I just finished my second astrological cookbook. So that was Ooh, a hard project of mine <laughs> to combine cooking, eating, and astrology. And um, a friend of mine, she's a photographer. She did all the photo shootings of, of the meals I cooked. It got wonderful. Oh, it's over here. Uh, show it to you. It's wonderful. A wonderful book <laughs> so how do I so tell me about astrological eating because that is fascinating I've never heard of this <laughs> um in in astrology we work with energies right yeah. so we have um we have for example um let's let's take Aries Aries okay. personalities are people who who are they are warriors they don't have time to think or time for anything. Everything has to be fast uh -huh, uh -huh. and adventurous. So right. if you invite, a, and I I have to admit, it's not only that you are Aries, and that means you have the sun in the sign of Aries. Mm. Um, there should be some more planets in right. that sign. Otherwise, it's it's not that heavy. But if you have one of those strong Aries personalities and you invite them for dinner, then I tell you, have it prepared. Yeah. Don't stay in the kitchen and say, I'm, I'm over in 10 minutes. He's gone then. That's yeah. not interesting. <laughs> have it on the table. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> and then enough time to do something else afterwards. Oh, interesting. Whereas a, um, a Libra, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you wouldn't do that, right? right. Because they want to like, sit there and yeah. um, mm -hmm. talk and have a nice talk and 
uh, nice plates and everything should be a bit stylish and nice music and you talk about arts and how life is in general like yeah <laughs> more easygoing like so, that. <laughs> that is a complete different um power yeah yeah or you have the earth signs for example um if you take uh what what's that oh my god english me and english <laughs> <laughs> so after aries the next mm -hmm. one is is the one that looks like a cow what's that in oh, sign language uh not taurus is it taurus yeah no. taurus yeah okay, thank you it. yeah 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 so the taurus is earth and that means they have all the time mm. and they are very traditional so you don't invite a strong taurus person and serve a sushi dinner yeah you don't do that <laughs> you serve something like very traditional and you 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 do loads of food because they wanna they wanna take here a bit and there a bit and i like this better i take all so they they act like this right yeah it's very important to feed the body because yeah. it's mother earth we are talking about mm. in their in their view right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah, if you if you invite a, a cancer personality, so it's water, they are very, uh -huh. very sensitive. Mm. So you always take care of, um, I think that's where this comes from, no politics at the dinner table, right? Yeah. No politics, keep that uh, away. Keep you it don't light. don't do that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. good and, and um, they love it when family comes together. Mm. They they want they want they want a good mood. So uh, what I did then was choose some some dinner dinners for like um, a soup, a salad, a main yeah. dish, and a dessert. And I I choose for every sign what I think is from the energy side the the right one. Okay. Which doesn't mean that everybody who is that sign loves this dinner, right? Right. Um, but um, it it so people can understand this is the energy yes. about this star sign. So it's a bit humorous, and there are a lot of recipes in it, and I loved it. That's so fantastic. we started in the first lockdown. We we were just four months eating, yeah. cooking, yeah. taking pictures. <laughs> That sounds like fun. I would have loved to be there. <laughs> I love that. Oh wow. Very cool. So um so yeah, I tend to be a very strong Leo. And so it's um yeah, I am like everything a Leo is. Like it, it it's clear as day with me. And so I, I tend to have a, you know, it, it's interesting. So what would you what would you have if you had invited me over for dinner? Oh, first of all, Italian food. <laughs> this is Leo, right? Right, right? You take loads of olive oil. You don't, you know, Leos are not those Weight Watcher types. <laughs> they <laughs> yes, want, unfortunately, full, yeah. full thing. Mm -hmm. um, so um, then, of course, something golden, golden mm -hmm. forks and knives or mm -hmm. um, some nice decoration with uh, some golden red on it. Yes. Um, and then quality is very important. So if yeah. you listen to two Leo persons talking about olive oil, right? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. You know, 
I know a very small farmer over there in Tuscany and he delivers mm -hmm. me one liter of the best oil every year and <laughs> you can have a sip. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started on some of the things like when I see like uh syrup in somebody's house and it's not maple syrup, you'll see a whole lecture come from me in <laughs> no time at all. What are you eating? It's a bottle of chemicals. You can't eat that. You cannot consume that in your body. It's not healthy. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I, I so agree with that. That's so interesting. So tell me, uh, what would you get? What advice would you give to your 18 year old self? Oh, don't be scared. Yeah. That's what I, ma, <laughs> I wish so that when I was 18, some, somebody came up like, hey, I'm your older you. Uh, yeah. Everything's fine. Everything will turn out fine and for your best. It yeah. will take a while, but. Yeah, it will. Yeah, I could have used that. <laughs> I can still use that. <laughs> I can still use that. I know. I, I think we over we overthink things and we worry about everything. And is this the right move? Is this the right thing? And I think ultimately, everything works out exactly the way it's supposed to work out. It does, and it's so um, it's such a nice experience if you want to do that. Write now a letter mm -hmm. to your in 10 years. Yeah, old. yeah, yeah. And and write there, for example, about your fears or your expectations, your wishes, your dreams, what keeps you from whatever. Mm -hmm. It This is so wonderful. I have like 10 letters from students here. I have to keep and send, for example, in 2023, 2024, because they've written it uh, times ago. Yeah. And um, it, those who have opened one of those letters, they say, it's, it's amazing. Wow. It opens my eyes. What I've been worrying about. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love that so much. Mm. All right. And then what? I have one more question for you. What do you wish more people knew? I wish that more people knew that um, this is not a rehearsal. Yeah. This is it. your life now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Don't wait until you're 80 and then the big show begins. That's not true. It's now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, I love it so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's beautiful. So thank you so much, Ramana. I have really enjoyed talking with you. You are so fascinating and I am so grateful for your time today. So thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure being here. Good, 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 good. So hopefully we will reconnect another time, but that is um, that is it for the Pretty Powerful Podcast today. I hope you can go to our website and check out Ramana and say your last name for me properly. There you go. I didn't want to mess that up. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time. Um, please go like, subscribe, and share our podcast episodes. And if you go to prettypowerfulpodcast.com, you can read all about Romana and um, connect with her online. So thank you so much. I hope everyone has an amazing day. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. 
Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.